Hello, Marlins fans, and welcome to a brand new episode of Swings and Mishes. I'm your co-host and producer, Jeremy Taché, joined, as always, by the man, the Mish, the legend, Craig Mish. Craig, Friday morning, May 6th. How you doing today? I'm doing well, Jeremy. Great to be with you here again. Another episode and... The timing, unfortunately, did not work out for us this time around. <laughs> yeah, no, it did not. <laughs> I guess we should have just popped on last week during the seven-game winning streak. But here we are after a five-game losing streak again. I feel like uh, you know people are going to think we're only going to do podcasts during during losing time. But uh, you know these are things that you can't predict. Jeremy is very busy schedule. He's covering seven different teams <laughs> and and i'm in the midst of the end of the little league season here to go with everything that i have going on two shows myself uh, on sports grid writing for the herald doing my work as well so oh, the timing just is what it is we were going to do this full transparency yesterday yep after the marlins got swept by arizona we said all right let's wait one more day let's do it after they play san diego and here we are we got to get an episode out here before the weekend Marlins uh, have announced their 1997 reunion team. So that's a big weekend coming up. It's going to be very exciting. A lot of great players are coming back and, uh, and that and baseball happening too. So we'll dive right in. We got a lot to get to, I think here on the show. Yes, we will get to the 97 weekend at the end of this episode. We also, I really do want to get to the details there on that Little League season and find out how that's going. Big season. Big season. big I'm, season. I'm excited to hear about that. Maybe maybe whether we do that off, we uh, can do off that. pod, we could do that on pod. Maybe we do it well, at the we end. Could, we could do, I, think, uh, I, think Hay, I think Hayes Mish's run here. That's what I'm saying. Is, Hayes is, Mish is, is a popular guy. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get right. to that. Maybe people would want to come to that game. You know, oh, that'd be like, awesome. That'd be, if we can get yeah. some good attendance. That would be amazing. All right. So I do wish we were talking about the seven game win streak obviously would have been nice if we were recording last week and and that was a fun run for Miami we saw the good things that this team can do now bad timing on our part one time through the rotation five straight losses you got Sandy on the hill tonight trying to break that losing streak but the Marlins are 12 and 13 at this point through 25 games so Craig what are your overall thoughts where where do you think things are at with this team. Yeah, the last few years of us doing this and doing podcasts on a podcast like this after they've lost a, a bunch in a row, I'm usually pretty negative. I'm usually, you know, sending, you know, off bombs and freaking out and doing those things. I got to be honest, I'm really not. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that, look, if they lose 10 in a row, we'll have a different conversation. But in, in terms of where the season is at, I, I really did not have much higher expectations for where this record is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, most most smart people who prognosticated the Marlins had them somewhere between like 75 and 80 wins. I still feel like that's probably around the range of outcomes as to where they are. We've, we, I think we've learned some things early. I I still think there are some things that are to be determined both on the positive and negative side, which we will get into, but inevitably when you win seven games in a row, what's going to happen? People who are fans of the team are going to you know be very excited. Um, and, and then when you lose five in a row and lose in the fashion that you have, people are going to be very upset. And I know that's mm-hmm. like generic talk, but in the end, what, what can we say? The games have been competitive. Mm-hmm. They've all been very close. You're watching the games from the beginning to the end, not knowing if they're going to win or lose. And I, maybe that's just losers talk on my end, but mm-hmm. that was sort of what I was looking for this year was, Hey, let's at least have these games competitive to the end as a fan, be frustrated when they lose, when they blow saves, when they're already down five, nothing after three innings and they have to come back, uh, you know, but every game is one run. And so 
I'm not I'm not sitting here crushed like, oh, it's five nothing and it's Correct. done seven one and it's done. You know, they're coming back a little bit. They're taking leads. They're losing those leads. And that's a mark of, of basically like a 500 team. And that's, you know, Jeremy, I, I kind of feel like that's, you know, sort of of, of where they are. Um, you know, you want to look back on the seven game winning streak. Sure. They could have lost some of those without right. a doubt. I mean, very easily could have not had a seven game winning streak. The five game losing streak. They could have won a couple of those yes, exactly. very easily. And and that and that's why it's so silly to look back at the end of the season and say, they could have done this or they could have done that. I mean, I, I think that that this this seven game winning streak and the five game losing streak have absolutely summarized. It is such a worthless exercise to go back and say if Bender didn't, you know, close some games. Right. I mean, it's it's I mean, look, I mean, of course, if they had a little bit of a better bullpen, they would probably have won some. And, and you know what? They you know, and re, uh, Yadiel Hernandez hits a ball that easily should have been a grand slam yep. and the wind in Washington just drops that thing down. And the that Marlins was amazing, did. by the yeah, way, that's so, one of the I mean, most amazing on. feats. This is their record. This is who they are. Uh, but now let's, let's dive a little deeper into you know the players that surrounding are surrounding the season. Yeah. Well, well, let's do that. Obviously uh, as they're 12 and 13, again, been about a 500 team, exactly what we, we sort of expected going in. What we didn't necessarily expect was quite as slow of a start as has existed for both Jorge Soler and Abiseo Garcia. OPS of 575 and 453, respectively. So what do you make of the slow starts for those two players? I know Soler's homered a couple times in the last week or so, mm-hmm. but but what do you make of, of Soler and Garcia so far? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, in speaking to the people that, that I that I talk to, and, and a lot of this stuff is, you know, off the record and and, and doesn't show up on a podcast or in a, in a newspaper or even, you know, a lot of times here on, you know, on, on what we do. Uh, you know, I, I think it is fair to to hear those, you know, these hitting the ball, these guys are hitting the ball hard and they're a little bit unlucky. But, you know, eventually you do you do have to acknowledge that we're sitting here on May 6th and and neither of them have really been able to get going. And, and you know, I, I, I the, the thing that I keep hearing is, you know, the, and, and, you know, it's obvious because everyone is using the term. So everyone's talking to the same people, you know, like the back of the baseball card. What is the back of the baseball card? And, and I think part of that is is accurate. But you know what else is accurate is is all the the projections on these players right now on fan graphs and everywhere else are dropping hard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like they they are they're not they're not quite as as bullish as the back of the baseball card and those things you know have to be acknowledged uh you know the hard hit you know look i am all about advanced metrics it's funny because i don't talk about it that much in day to day i don't think in, in particular that people who listen to this podcast are all that interested in that i think they're interested in hearing opinions i i think that just you know blowing that up on social media i i mean i think it's important to know and i think it's important for the club to know and the players to know but i don't know that the average fan is super interested in having long-term discussions on that if you are uh, you know i i am very interested behind the scenes i am not here interested in hearing uh podcasts about that and and seeing that it's just the average fan, I just don't think grasps it in full. So to say that Avisel Garcia hits the ball hard, to me, I heard that Lewis Brinson hit the ball hard for three years too, you know? So, and I'm not saying that Avi is, is Brinson at all but like right that right. was a, that's a fact like we sat through three years of people yeah. tweeting out that lewis brinson is hitting the ball so hard and all he's got to do is just make more content and it never happened um 
Garcia is concerning. Garcia is concerning. I, I don't know what's going on. The at-bats look very uncomfortable. He sees less pitches than any other a player in baseball. He swings at the first pitch more than any player in baseball. And that worked for him, Jeremy, for 10 years. So why is it not working this year? I don't know. That's the job of the Marlins to figure that out. But to just have this over and over and over again in these uncomfortable at-bats that I'm seeing, I- I'm I'm perplexed. I don't know. Yeah. I-, I have to believe this player is a lot better than what he's shown thus far. Uh, again, you know, the, the metrics are there to show that he should be better. The batted balls in play absolutely show that he should be better. But I'm very big on some of these projection systems, and they're all showing a significant drop on him for the rest of the season for whatever reason. A little bit more, a less concern on Jorge Soler, Jeremy, because I do think that eventually Soler is going to get hot. He's going to yeah. hit 30 home runs. I, I really do think that maybe the batting average still sits around 206, you know, like yeah. that could be ugly, crazy. But, but he's going to hit some bombs. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, for him, I'm a little different. Mm-hmm. I just think that he's missed on some pitches. I, I see them coming over the plate. I see him missing and you could just see like, ah, oh, like I just missed that. I think Solaire, I think eventually it, it will happen. But to say that I'm not concerned at this point, I haven't said a word about Avisel Garcia up until two, uh, two days ago because I want to give it the fair amount of time. We're at the time where it is it is fair to start discussing this. They gave him a four-year, $55 million deal. Um, this was a Derek Jeter deal. Let's be clear on that. This was Derek Jeter's deal for sure. Hey, Derek Jeter also, you know, largely responsible for Joey Wendell too, okay? Mm-hmm. Positives and negatives here. This is not me throwing you know, Derek under the bus, but... That is his free agent. That is his signing. He was the CEO. That was his decision to make that happen. Uh, you know, we're in a different situation now, and and we'll just kind of and have to see going forward. By the way, Derek Jeter, nothing to do with with uh, Jorge Soler. This is mm. Kim Ang, right? So, right. Um, you know. So anyway, that that's the summary on those two guys. A little concerned on Garcia. Uh, not not as concerned on Soler. Maybe I'm off on that, but I just I- feel like eventually he's going to have one series where he's going to hit like five home runs. Look, I don't want to do too much like oh eye test right like it, it, it there <laughs> these analytics do have to to come into factor and, and you know um batting average on balls in play and sure. hit rate and all of, of those things but at the same time i think the word that you used uncomfortable right versus comfortable when i'm watching some of these nights where like soler goes over four and garcia goes over four Solaire's a sometimes comfortable 0 for 4. Like you said, just missing on pitches, hitting a bomb, foul, striking out where it's like, ah, he just missed. Where Garcia at moments has looked almost overmatched. You know, breaking bats, weak ground balls at times, looking just uncomfortable in the box. Now, that can be the case when you get off to a slow start. You can start pressing. You can start any of these things. You can get into a funk, and then all of a sudden you can break out of it. But it's more than understandable when you just view the two different sets of at-bats to see these two struggling guys in, in, in two different ways with two different outcomes, at least at the moment. But that's sort of what we've seen from them on the offensive end. On the flip side, we have seen a guy in Jazz Chisholm Jr., who currently leads the Marlins in hits, runs, triples, homers, batting average, RBIs, stolen bases, slugging percentage, and only trails his platoon mate, John Birdie, in OPS. Uh, Jazz has been fantastic offensively. What are your thoughts there on on the hot start that he's continued to have through the first month of the season? Yeah, if if he continues doing this, he'll be in the All-Star game in Los Angeles, which would be a tremendous accomplishment for him. 
he he's the one guy that's coming up in the lineup every time where you just kind of feel like, all right, he's probably going to get on. And if he does, he'll be on second. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's an absolutely dynamic player. He's had a fantastic start to the season. Um, I mean, at this point, is there any reason to think that he can't keep it up? I mean, it seems like he probably can, but you know, you know, to, to play every side here, Jeremy, there's going to come a point where he's not going to hit 700 and someone else has got to, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I will say this, Jesus Aguilar has also come alive. And you know, what's interesting about him, if you look at his advanced metrics, his hard hit rate and everything else two weeks ago, it looked like his career was over. It did. It was so. Bad. So it's like so. You know th- that that's you know my underlying issue with all of uh-huh. with all of you know the stat cast metrics and the whiff rate and 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 I th- look they're extremely useful. But when but it's like are Over you guys watching the game? Sizes, are you Over watching the game? Yeah. <laughs> are you are you wa- are you actually watching? Because I'm watching <laughs> these games, <laughs> and because the, because somebody's hitting the ball hard, it's like wait a second. But Abisog Garcia, congrats, you're hitting the ball. But I'm watching you play. You right, know, it doesn't right. doesn't look like that. I, I feel like we're losing some of that with this. I, we lose that. Uh, we've lost the play. But 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 it looks like Aguilar is locked in back to who he he was. But that's the one two in the lineup. And honestly, uh, you know, Birdie, I'm glad you mentioned John Birdie. John Birdie amazing. is, is I, mean, I don't know what's going on with John Birdie, amazing. but he's off, to, he's off to a really good start also. Yeah, he's been great. It's fun. It's fun to watch him play. Like, he's another dynamic player that good. he's been like, yeah. it, really, after Jazz, been one of the, arguably the most exciting player to watch on the Marlins. Because same sort of deal. He gets on base. He might steal a base. Yeah. He's played good defense. Uh, it, it is funny with the Aguilar thing. Right? I was talking with my dad about it, and it, it was crazy, right? He looked like dead and buried. In it looked like it was of, over. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It looked like it was yeah. gone. It reminded me of, um, I don't know how often you've watched the movie Little Big League. Um, but the movie Little Big League, there's there's the scene at the end, and anyone who who loves that movie is gonna appreciate it. But there's a there's a scene halfway through where Billy Haywood, the kid, is managing, and his favorite player yeah. was one of their best players, and he's at the end mm-hmm. of his career. And there's a conversation between the pitching coach and Billy Haywood after this guy goes in and pinch hits and singles, and Billy's so excited. Yeah, way to go, Jerry! Nice single. And he's like, if you're getting this excited about a single, it might be the end for Jerry. That's how I was feeling about Aguilar a couple of weeks ago. And now all of a sudden he's ripping the cover off the ball. So it just shows that these things do ebb and flow. It's not as cut and dry as whatever those numbers are telling you. In a given moment, it takes larger sample sizes to make those sort of assumptions. And hopefully, again, we can see Garcia break out of it the same sort of way. But let's talk about somebody who's not on the team quite yet it's somebody that i think everybody is very excited to see at some point soon and that is someone who we both have have not been uh shy from talking about how impressed we are by it it's max meyer uh max meyer is tearing it up in the minor leagues right now through his first few starts he's been tremendous it seems like everybody wants to see him at that big league level so when do you think we're seeing that craig and and what are your thoughts on max meyer yeah. So this this is the one story that I'm following the closest at this point. You know, he had his first start, his second start, his third start. Eh, you know, it's like, okay, he still, still has to keep pitching in the minors, understood. But we're at the point now, and and uh, I, I believe Eli Sussman of Fist Stripes, I listened to his podcast too. It's like, I wish I could just probably just take his and just insert it right here, honestly, <laughs> because he basically laid it out. <laughs> he laid it out. Um, he did a good job. I mean, there's just no reason for him to be in the minors anymore. Yeah, it's, it's just, it, it's just, um, 
you, you know, Eliezer Hernandez is, is a nice pitcher. I, I still think he's got a future in the big leagues for sure, probably oh, as a yeah. starter. I, I do think Trevor Rogers will turn this around. I'm not particularly concerned with him also. Uh, maybe he's not as good as he was last year, but I, I, I still think he's going to be fine. Yep. But, but but Max is ready to pitch. He's ready to pitch in the big leagues. There, there's no reason whatsoever why why he shouldn't be. What would be the difference between him making two or three more starts as opposed to making none in the minors? There, there would be no difference at this point. And what I would say is this, is that, yes, the Marlins have been very aggressive with their starting pitchers. They called up Pablo. They called up Sandy. We do remember those things. Mm-hmm. And, and and Sixto. And, and, this is, and this is one of those situations where, where it is a little different, Jeremy, because the confluence of events have all come together. You have a pitcher in the rotation who shouldn't be there anymore. Yep. It's just, it's just a fact. Eliezer has not pitched well. And you have a pitcher who is ready to pitch or at least attempt to pitch in the big leagues. And I think the big difference from now as opposed to years past is that 12 teams are making the postseason, Jeremy. It, it and if matters. they miss by one game or two games, are they really going to look back on this and say, you know, we really want, I mean, this is, that's like old school way of thinking at this I, point. I couldn't there, agree there, You know, and, and they, you know, Marlins, we've talked about maybe wanting, you know, trying to be the Rays in a lot of different ways. Uh, you got to get, you, you, you've you been aggressive, fine. You got to get more aggressive now. Yes. You're, you're in a season where you have to win. And is, is pitching the big problem for Miami? No, it is not. But what we're seeing with the hitting tells us you probably are going to have to have the best pitching. I mean, the offense right now is marginally better. Right. If that. Right. And, and maybe it will get a, li- you know, a little bit better. And I know that they assume it's going to be much better. But guess what? What if it isn't? You have Max Meyer. You're playing in these close games. You may only score on some nights two or three runs because the offense isn't as good make the change, make the change. And and he's going to pitch Friday night. I believe I haven't heard anything to the contrary on that next Friday night. Uh, they're, they're going to face Milwaukee. You know, he would have seven days rest. I mean, he should be pitching in that game. Corbin Burns is going to pitch for Milwaukee. He, he should, Max Meyer should be on that mound. I know that there's pressure there maybe in that game. And, and sometimes teams don't like to, to do that. But that's that's an old school way of thinking. Max Meyer. This kid has that he's, in him, he's got man. It. He, he's I, got it. Unfazed. He'll yeah. he'll go out there. He'll throw seven shutout innings whenever his debut is. Um, you know, he'll 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 have struggles like every pitcher does, of mm-hmm. course. But the mentality of this kid is not like a lot of of the others that I've seen. And he wants to be up so badly. And and it should happen. It, it, it should, there, there's no reason. To, it, listen, if they want to roll out, it, it was tough because the timing. Eliezer did not pitch well. Now all of a sudden they got to fly to San Diego. Okay, I get it. You know they got to go to Arizona. It's 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 not super optimal for that. But af- after this one Friday night, provided Jeremy and, and I guess people listening to the podcast tomorrow will look back and say, what did he do Friday night? But if Max Meyer goes out there and throws six innings or seven innings and gives up a run or two, well, what's left? What's right. left? Come on, make the switch. Don't be so stubborn. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not really anything left to prove for Max at the minor league level. Um, and, and specifically, I mean, hey, you talk about being the Rays, man. When they have those pitchers ready, they call them up. They come up. McClanahan, Baz. They've been doing that since David Price, man. Matt Moore, David Price. Come on. Come on. So it it, it, it feels like that time. Seriously, the Marlins should stop trying to pretend 
they want to be like some other team and be and just be it be you themselves. know like just do yep. it yep. i mean what i mean i i would love to know what the downside for for max meyer coming up in the big leagues is oh is it struggling oh you mean like every other pitcher oh you mean like hunter green giving up like 15 home oh, runs yeah. the other day like that yeah yeah well I mean, and even if max if max comes up and you do want to baby his arm from a from an exposure to the lineup standpoint, hey, we're only going two th- two times through the order. The first number starts. Any of those things, you can just pair him with Eliezer. Like, there's no reason why or Cody Poteet. or anybody you could you could have a a pitcher who is paired as a long reliever with that starter if you want to sort of baby his arm going forward. Or hey, look, I'm weirdly and I've never thought I would be, I'm not against a six-man rotation if that's how you want to handle it and you believe that Eliezer can turn it around and all these things. But the bigger point would be there's no reason not to have Max Meyer out there giving you a better chance to win. And like you said, Craig, if this team is going to be a 500 team for most of this season, Looks it like will it. come down to yeah. just a couple of games for a wild card spot. And if at the end of the year you're looking back and going, Mm, if we had just called Max up in May instead of June, could those three or four totally starts agree. have made the difference? I just don't think that you should be putting yourself in a position to to question whether or not that's possible. Come up, let, let's find out what the kids got at the big league level and, and go from there because there's not really much left to prove and he's right. got that bulldog mentality. So any sort of uh, last news or notes we, we can get to actually... I do have specific things I want to hear from you. I want to hear first any details you want to share about the 1997 weekend before we wrap up. Yeah, so the uh, there you know this announcement is like coming out as we're doing the podcast, mm-hmm. and so you know I'm, I'm not really sure as far as um, you know how many names I can say and what will be out by now. But the Marlins are, are, have a release coming out. I think what I tweeted out, I'll just leave it at that. I think there are some some other very big names sure. by the way that are coming, and by the time this is out, everyone will know. Uh, but you know Jim Leland is coming, and and he's the ma- he was the manager of the '97 Marlins, of course. Edgar Renteria got the hit. Um, Levon Hernandez, World Series MVP, and some other really big names too. They're giving out a replica ring on Friday night. They're having a huge fan interaction thing on Saturday. So I'm guessing and hoping they'll make these guys available to sign autographs and things like that, take fun. pictures, and and listen. 1997 was amazing. It was it was such a fun season. And and a, and a lot of and, and even by the way, some really cool guys that were not the biggest names on that team are also coming back, which I'm actually pretty excited about. Uh, a couple of guys I know personally, so uh, I'll I'll definitely be there for at least. I mean, I'm hoping all three, but probably like one or two of the three. You know, life life gets in the way of things, but sure. uh, boy, it would be nice to see Max Meyer on the mound for one of those two games Friday Wouldn't and Saturday. It? That'd be great. Wouldn't it be fun? Yeah, Wouldn't would it be, be great. great? It'd be cool to see a little uh, 20 years passing of the tour. 25 years, Jesus. Yeah, I, I vividly remember those. Uh, those. It would be great. And, and by the way, last thing. Yeah, last thing I want to mention on my, like, I think people know by now in terms of trades, yes, you have to evaluate revisionist history. Yes, that's part of it. But for like wins and losses, I generally do not do that. As everyone knows, I get really annoyed when people start doing it. Yeah. I assure you at the end of this season, if they fall a game or two short and they don't call this kid up, I am going to look back and, and say, hey, that was something that you could have done when you had the chance, but instead you waited a little bit too long. Um, again, we'll let the whole thing play out and, and we will see. But no doubt in my mind, he is ready. How he performs, that's anybody's guess. But he, but he has nothing left to prove at that level. You know who else is ready to perform? Hayes Mish. Yes. 
playoff games coming up, right? What a great year for I Hayes. Can't, all right, so let's hear about Hayes Mish's year in Little League or, or travel ball. What, what, what do we got? What's Hayes doing? What league is he in? What are the stakes at play right now? Well, a couple of things, first of all. I want to thank personally um, uh, Dan McLaughlin and Jim Edmonds from the St. Louis Cardinals yeah. broadcast because they allowed Hayes to sit uh, in in the press box with them during wow. a game and listen to the play-by-play, and we were able to do that. He did that. It was the very first time he had ever been up there and done that, so it was, a, it was an amazing experience for him. Oh, we, we obviously recognize making the major leagues is extremely hard, but being a broadcaster is, is also extremely hard, yeah. but maybe not, but maybe not as hard. Not so, the you know, same. There's a way there's, there's a direct, I mean, you know that you play ball yeah. and, and, yeah. and here you are having a successful career doing what you're doing too. So we want to Thanks. throw all the options out there, but anyway, on the field, the team, the little league team to travel, maybe something in the future. I'm not sure yeah, we, that that's a management type of thing. We have to see how things go. Wait. But my, my advice would be to wait, by the way. Just wait as long as yeah, you can on He's only ball. nine. Yeah, eleven wait. and zero this season. The team, is, the team is eleven and zero. He he has thrown three of the teams like last five games he's pitched. Oh wow! And he walked a guy for the first time on Thursday night. It's the it, I think he's the only pitcher in the league that's gone that far without walking a batter. Oh, I and, love that. And and he and listen, he's hitting two, and it's in in the All Star tryouts are Saturday. It's been a great year. You should definitely message him at Hayes Mish yes. on Twitter. He would appreciate. He's not on there nearly like almost at all. Like he's like scared to even send anything out. <laughs> but but he's it's. I'm very very proud. He's had a really great year. Um, you know, my daughter's had a great year performing too. Oh, I should cool. definitely mention uh, yeah. as well in theater and all that. So yeah, it's. I mean, people ask me. Ah, something to mention here at the end. Do it. Because I did tweet out when they were going through a bad streak that I was like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing at the yeah. end of the season. We'll see. Yeah. And, and and all that still remains true. Like sure. I took on another job this year. I'm doing a, a show now, which uh, from two to three Eastern on sports. Great. It does. I, I cannot get to the clubhouse early for games anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible about that. I have like zero accountability for these guys unless they reach out to me directly. That's like a, that's not something that I like that I can't do. But it's like, how long can you keep going at this with the same thing happening yeah. year after year? Yeah. And 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 I'm going to be 50 years old next year, too. Like, I mean, you, 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 I think it is very healthy every five or 10 years to analyze where your career is at, what you were doing, and just kind of see where you are moving forward. That's all yep. I was trying to say at that point. And then I said that, and then they won seven games in a row. <laughs> yes, they did. So, so <laughs> maybe saying this now here again yeah, will spark something. We'll spark something new. But uh, listen, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Thank you to everybody for listening. As always, thank you for the support that we receive here on the podcast. I know there's a lot of choices for sports out there going on right now with yes. playoff games and everything like that. But we definitely will try to get in a much better routine. And hopefully, Jeremy, next time, it's a much better story for them winning. Yes, we can uh, hopefully ride a longer Marlins winning streak into the next episode. For those of you listening, remember to follow us on whatever platform you are currently listening to. Write us a review and leave a five-star rating with that review. Follow us on Twitter at Swings and Mishes. Craig is at Craig Mish. I'm at Jeremy Taché. And we hope all of you have a wonderful weekend.